0: What's Trending. All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending,
1: trending. Number one on What's Trending. We know the Chiefs are getting set to head out to Denver on Sunday afternoon. The Chiefs nine and a half point favorites against the Broncos. We're going to hear from Andy Reid at one o'clock. One final update on where things are at injury wise. We know there was good news throughout the week on players getting back at practice. Kadarius Tony, Joe Tooney, Nick Bolton all of a sudden was limited a day or two ago uh, due to a groin injury, but seems like they're in decent shape uh, heading in the game on Sunday. Still not sold that Tony's going to play. Um, But Joe Tooney, I think, seems like he is going to play, which would be a nice little boost to help out that offensive line.
2: I would think, I mean, that would be a boost. We heard Pete tell us that, you know, it's not that Alec Grady's not a perfectly fine backup, but normally you'd like your full complement of weapons, especially on the offensive line. That's the one guy they've missed for a majority, not a majority, for the last few weeks this season, where they've at least been limited in that capacity. Next up in Watch Training, huge upset in the World Cup today, Croatia. Defeating Brazil, it was 1-1 in full time, or extra time, but they ended up getting them in PKs 4-2. to The Netherlands and Argentina, they're up next this afternoon in the quarterfinals at 1 o'clock. But that is a massive upset for World Cup standards. Croatia getting to a semifinal, knocking off one of the favorites for the entire tournament, Brazil, in, in uh, penalty kicks.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. In the World Cup, this whole entire World Cup has been a ton of fun to see some of the updates, and I can't wait for France and uh, England uh, tomorrow, thinking of tomorrow, we're going to talk more about this. But the Border War picks back up in Columbia. The undefeated Missouri Tigers hosting number six Kansas. Four fifteen, that game over on ESPN. We'll talk more about kind of the the buzz. Is there buzz around this game? Still no line out for the game, uh, even though we're in the noon now. We're waiting to see what we think it'll be, anywhere from a two to five point spread, perhaps uh, in favor of the Jayhawks. But sold out crowd. Uh, tickets going for about a buck thirty-five or so on the secondary market uh, for this game in Colombia.
2: Is Carrington going to come in here and place a bet with you?
1: All right, I, I, I told you I think he he's going to just place it on Fanduel. I told because he he said that I was nervous for the game, and I said let's just make the bet now then. And then he said, well I can I can just make it on Fanduel. Well, fine if you want to give the juice to the book, go for it. Would you give him the juice? If I mean, it was if plus one
2: ten, would you he, give him the juice?
1: At plus one ten, yeah, but he he thinks the money line is going to be plus one sixty Missouri, and I said, and you and I, I don't think that'll be the case. Number one, and no, I'm not going to make a, I'm not going to do that.
2: You're not a book. They yeah, they gonna gonna that do that because they'll win in the long.
1: Run. If we want to do a spread bet, depending on what the spread is, then then I'm sold on that. So we'll talk more about this game uh, in just a little bit. Lastly, I do want to point out, uh, you may have heard of Grinnell College up in Iowa. Like they're they're a school that gets some no- noise every couple of years because all they do is shoot three pointers. There was the kid back in 2012 that scored an NCAA record, 138 points in a game. Well, yesterday they attempted an NCAA record, 111 three pointers. They won 124, 67. Who'd they play? Every shot. Uh, school for the Blind? No, something, some Bible. Uh, in, in, I don't know how to pronounce it. But something Bible college uh, up there. It's division, division three school. But like that, is that even fun to watch? Is it fun to play? 100, well, it may be fun to play. Just dribble, get across half court, pop up a three every second. 111 three-pointers.
2: I think you're leaving out the key headline here. They shot 41% in the second half. <laughs> when all you're doing is shooting threes, that's a pretty 40, impressive they, number. They
1: were 40 of 111 from the field.
2: <laughs> Do you think that whoever the top scorer for Grinnell is every year should go find a power school to be at just for the NCAA tournament when you desperately need a three to oh. get hit? Just stick him on the bench. You don't have to play every day. And when you need a three, that's your guy. <laughs> Been doing nothing but practicing doing it for the better part of three years at Grinnell.
1: That's what's trending here on Cody and Gold. Again, coming up, as I said, 1 o'clock. We'll head out to Arrowhead and hear from Andy Reid. We'll also get to the random question of the day here in about 35 minutes or so. Um, but KUMU, it is tomorrow. It's the border war. Tomorrow in Columbia, 415 tip-off. Uh, Number six, Kansas, we know last year in the return game at Lawrence, that was just not even a contest. KU absolutely throttled the Missouri Tigers, but there's some thought that that this one could be very competitive, so much so that Missouri Tigers feel like they, they got a chance to win this thing based off of what they've done to this point in time. They're undefeated. I've mentioned the schedule for Missouri. I'm very skeptical of. Nick gave us the exact numbers on How the schedule is. They've played nobody to this point. Now the schedule won't matter. You beat Kansas, then nobody can complain about the schedule anymore. But if they lose, then I think it'll be a reminder that okay, you can you can schedule a bunch of nobodies and rack up nine wins pretty early on in the season. That's what I think it's been so far for Missouri. We'll find out tomorrow. I just I don't think there's as much buzz around it as I would expect. And I don't know if it is because That they did play just a year ago and and the result was there. I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to be excited by the time we get to four o'clock tomorrow. No question. Uh, I'm having fun talking about today on the show, but last year we mentioned it and talked about even on this show for multiple days this year. This is the first time we've brought it up. Second time today. I think
2: this game has incredible juice. I understand that you're like, well, we waited till Friday to talk about it. Well, they were coming off the single most important loss of the season to this point. And I think that the chiefs were the chiefs yeah. were. And I think that that's going to factor into what we're seeing happen from a talk standpoint. Because to me, if an undefeated Missouri team is welcoming in a one loss, Kansas team into their building for the first time in a decade, I'm interested. And I didn't grow up. I didn't go to Kansas like you or Carrington has grown up a Missouri fan his entire life. And even I'm interested in this. I'm not if telling I, you I'm not interested. No, I, no but what saying, I'm saying not is...
1: Exci- I'm not like, I can't wait for tomorrow. That's how I was last year. I was like, I cannot wait for the game. I don't have that same feeling as all I'm saying heading into this go-around.
2: I think when you look at this, it should. because And maybe some of it for you, Gold, is just because it's not being played in your arena. Because I think really what's happening here... I mean,
1: I didn't go to the game the, at the field house last
2: no, year. No, no, no. But I think the blinders are on a little bit. I think it means... Like, you think it means less because it's the second game, but I think it means less to you because it's not at Allen Fieldhouse. I understand you didn't go to either, but there is...
1: Yeah, the Allen Fieldhouse thing, I disagree on. For me, like, that's, that's you're asking, like, you think... That, I'm just telling you, no, that's not what it is for me. It's not because it's not at the Fieldhouse. I didn't, again, I didn't go. So because this why is
2: why more is. interesting than last year's game because both teams apparently are good. Like, Missouri will be ranked. Missouri will be relevant. They beat Kansas. We're all going to assume they're a tournament team. Like Missouri has so much on the line for this game. And from a rivalry perspective, it's perfect because if you're Kansas, you can crush their dreams. You can put them back in their place and tell them that they played a soft schedule and talk all your trash. And if you're a Missouri fan, you get to wear that hat for the entire year. Now it's harder to talk trash to Kansas fans right now. Cause they the defending national champion, but to have, and that's the other part of this to me that adds juice, defending national champion, Kansas Jayhawks, Goes into Mizzou Arena for the first time in ten years and beat and and hold or you know kids comes into there and Missouri wins, then that's to me that's a huge huge boost for their program for their team for this conversation for
1: yeah, juice back into the rivalry the, all those things. That's the effect of the result. Nobody's saying that on Monday that won't and Tuesday that wouldn't be the story. I'm just saying heading in I don't I don't feel it.
2: That's so weird. Nick, do you, I mean, are you, he sounds just completely out of it. I assume you're more interested than that.
1: He's just nodding his head. He's eating. Wait, your stomach problems you your eating? You just told us your stomach was. Well, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Boys got to eat. He was just.
2: <laughs> I thought I poisoned you and now you're just fine.
3: Maybe it's hunger pangs. I don't know. Are oh, you feeling man. better? <laughs> it, it, they come in waves.
2: <laughs> what are you eating? By the way. I want to make sure that it's not a food that would upset your stomach. It's like oatmeal or something back there. Pasta. Okay. just just a big lump of noodles. No,
3: it's light. It's light, man. I use a little olive oil, a little tomato paste, <laughs> some kale.
2: Maybe it's the reheated kale that got you.
3: I just started eating it. <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, I am excited about this game. It's been building. Like, early in the week, I was like, I can't believe it's Mizzou week, and I don't feel anything. Yesterday, even, I was sort of like, okay, like I, I know it's there, but – then today it's sort of like it's football season, and so you're in football mode that's all the time. And even for even yeah. as a Ku fan, it's like, well, now we have a football team that matters that's playing in a bowl game. So it's sort it's I've been p- kicking the basketball can down the road. It's a mid December basketball game, you know. So I think that's sort of why. But I'm at about an eight and a half. There is there is anxiety knowing that the the line what well, you'll have to hear if they lose. So the line opens at three and a half on on DraftKings. So. I go. That's a game that Mizzou can win, and that gives me anxiety. Unlike last year, where you knew KU was going to go out. So something. you're like nervous heading. Like I'm not even. Not, I'm not even saying that. I'm I don't not, want to lose to Mizzou. I, man. I'm not. Neither do
1: I. But I'm not saying is I'm. Is there a ner- team
2: you want to lose to n- less?
1: N- no, but like. No. I, I'm. It's when I say I'm not. I'm not nervous. Doesn't mean that I don't think it's. I'm just saying like I don't even. That's how I don't view the game in that realm where it's not. I'm not saying I'm not nervous because I think KU is for sure going to win by 20 points. I'm saying I'm not nervous because. Maybe I will come tomorrow. I just don't have the, it doesn't to me feel like as big of a game as it should be. You're laying out the reasons why it is a big game. I think they're all valid reasons. I'm just telling you it doesn't feel it does, that way to it you. Like, it does not feel like it is that kind of game to me. That's all. I
2: guess let us know 913-586-7610. We know there are a lot of MU and KU fans in the audience. So is it is it just Golds not getting up for this one or is it the entire base? Cuz like to me that like, we talked about this with college football a little bit, Nick. This is the sad part I mean, about...
1: Nick just told you it took until two days ago for him no, to get excited. And he's, he does the KU podcast for us.
2: This is this is the problem, I feel like, still with conference realignment and all this stuff came with it. Because if these two teams were still in the Big 12 together, and MU was 8-0, and yeah. and Kansas was 8-1, and and they were getting ready to head to Mizzou Arena more, there's always going to be more. College rivalries will never be the same again because of conference realignment. Like USC, UCLA won't feel as cool in the Big Ten. Sure. They just will never be the same. We'll get to hold on to the few in the SEC that will hold the test of time because they'll always be in the SEC together, and those two teams will maintain those rivalries. But so many of them, and so so few of them are attached to non-conferences like USC, Notre Dame. Like it's so far, like you, that's like a handful, maybe, what we'd be down to is carrying what the little number next to the school says. Because if it's November or December or January basketball, and I'm going to watch it, the NCAA, right? Like, if you're not a huge college basketball fan and I'm going to watch it, I do the same thing anyone else does. Looking for something to watch? Oh, it turns out these two teams are playing? Oh, they're 22nd and 7th? I might watch for a few minutes now. Because we need to actively avoid that. Like, I don't want to let, you know what it is? I think I've been more excited for it this week because I don't want Missouri and Kansas rivalry to die. I liked when Missouri snubbed them for the bowl game because it brings heat. Then they come back into this, right? You're like, all right, good. Good. Hate each other some more. It's better. College sports are better when people hate each other.
1: Well, based on that, then that means you should hope that, for what you're saying, you should hope Missouri wins tomorrow. Yeah. Probably for what, for what you're laying out. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's way better for that.
2: Yes. Because (laughs) if they play for the next like five years or, you know, they play every other year for the next 10, whatever it is, if they play that many times and Kansas, just wins it nine to one, not interested. They could win it nine to one and be in the same conference. And that one matters. But it's just like, if you don't play in the same conference, it doesn't feel like it's got the same because you're not in each other's arena every single game. That's the difference. Kansas should take some pride too that's an undefeated team they're facing and they get to go into their arena after they snubbed you for the bowl, like whatever. And I know that might not matter to the basketball players versus this, but take that juice, take some shots. I mean, here's what and did uh, care about the rivalry.
1: This is what Bill Self had to say about at the rivalry, uh, earlier this week, I guess.
0: Well, uh, you know, Missouri, Illinois is a good rivalry. Um, uh, I thought there was a little bit of respect in that rivalry. Uh with kansas missouri from a fan standpoint i don't know if there's as much respect as there is just flat out dislike or hate uh uh uh, uh. and i think that's what makes it a great rivalry.
1: yeah they the bragging rights thing or whatever they call it between illinois and missouri we all deep down know that's not the the same juice
2: it's like missouri went there and they tried to make like missouri arkansas thing like it's not a thing Missouri-Kansas was a thing. It was one of the longest-standing, best college rivalries in all of sport. Like, in the entire sport. There are a lot of great rivalries, and it was somewhere in the top 25. Like, it ranked there. I just don't, like, I think that's why, maybe, maybe I'm trying to manufacture it, like you said. Maybe it's just, you don't feel it, Kansas fans don't feel it. Carrington feels it. He called a 10 out of 10, so he feels it. I think some fans do, but maybe it's not the same. But maybe that's just because college sports aren't the same. Maybe it all comes I back I told, to that instead. Because
3: I, I kind
1: of told you just in general, I think Nick asked me earlier on the show, like what's the difference? I told you like probably 10 years ago when I was just out of college or whatever, I definitely lived and died by college sports way more. And maybe it's a combination of just time. Also what you just said about rivalries, the fact that a lot of them have gone away. Well, and that was the maybe thing to cheer for. Right. The
2: Chiefs weren't competitive enough. And neither I, th- were the I think
1: there's a lot of factors. Like everybody's going to be different on that. Like just me personally, I don't, I used to let a college basketball game
2: Ruin your mood for a weekend? Ruin
1: my weekend. Seriously, that was. Do you, you ruin... let any sports do that now? I mean, if the Chiefs, Chiefs lose to the Bengals, did it Chiefs... ruin
2: your weekend? Or yeah. Your week, the beginning part of your week.
1: In the in the AFC title game last year, yeah, yeah. Regular yeah. season, no. But if if the whatever the final game is for the Chiefs, if it ends in a loss, meaning they don't win the Super Bowl this year, yeah, like that that will suck, and that that will be a downer. All of Kansas City, I think, will be down for a day or two. That that kind of stuff. But a college uh, regular a regular season loss in college basketball doesn't. Affect me, I guess, the way it did ten years ago, and that's just me. Like, I'm not saying that that's the right way or wrong way, but that I'm just telling you how I. Yeah, I certainly feel. think that's like yeah, that's
2: you versus knowing how. I that just don't. Everywhere. It
1: doesn't. It doesn't phase me as much as it as it did. There were there were times where an instantly tournament loss would be the end of the world to me, like an absolute end of the world scenario.
2: Nick, has your stomach? Check in on you over there. Full? Feel good? All better?
1: Yeah. Okay. Growing boy needs his nutrients. You know. Would you like to apologize to me? Whenever for saying Nick, that Whenever you? Nick. Talks in the third person about like being a, a boy or like tummy <laughs> or talks like a child, it really weirds me out. It really does. It's like, what are you it's like,
3: talking about? Sometimes, whenever you like, you, when you, you do the kid
1: talk, baby yeah, talk. Yeah.
3: I don't do baby talk. Yeah, sometimes people <laughs> be like, oh, <laughs> in my tummy. Like, what? Well, <laughs> oh, my tummy was grumbling earlier. <laughs> that. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's a big deal.
1: That's exactly it.
3: Does Lindsay like that? This talk? Oh, no. They don't
1: talk like, talk, her, like what that. What kind of talk does <laughs> she like? Do you think I? You think I talk like that's this what, around her? That's what you basically said.
3: You said, "What kind of?" Do you think like- I've ever said the word "mommy milk" in front of her? huh? Oh my uh, I don't know. Maybe. And I would imagine if I did, <laughs> she would not like it. Not a fan. Do you, you know many women who would be? I mean, you guys aren't even a fan. I don't Someone think. Someone says I actually-
1: the office covered this. Baby talk isn't allowed in the workplace.
3: Yeah. I'm not doing like baby. Like on you know. <laughs> I mean. Sometimes he does. No, it's less.
2: It's more about using the phrases than it is. Someone says, You guys like,
1: are prudes. Someone says, hey, you guys doing what's your fantasy today? We are in the one o'clock hour. And text line says, sounds like we know Nick's fantasy. Cody? Question mark?
2: Is that like they're asking if I know Nick's fantasy now?
1: Well, no, I think they're still waiting for your answer. Oh, I see. Well, uh, one o'clock hour today. Cody Cody will finally <laughs> tell us around one fifteen today. We do have what's your fantasy, all your fantasy football questions and others. Uh, and again, we'll other give... fantasy questions, you know. Yeah. Any, anything like that. Uh, this was interesting. I, I saw over at, at Arrowhead Attic because you, you have talked a couple times about the offensive line, and I think maybe a month ago we were, we were discussing and realized I think the timeline is important because that was prior to the home stretch of the season. You had brought up that, hey, can we see what else you got at, at right tackle? You had brought that up. I mentioned up. A Prince at the time. Yeah, no. you had said Prince, uh, and we, we, we obviously disagreed on it, but that was week nine, week ten or so of the season. Arrowhead Attic brought up kind of a, a conversation in regards to the future of right tackle and the notion that they believe there's a golden opportunity in the next few weeks to see what the Chiefs have in Lucas Niang. Look, I think in general, it sounds great. Like, hey, you would, it would make your offseason a little bit easier yeah, if, you, just said, if you could rely on Lucas Nyang. I don't disagree with that. It makes a lot of sense. But the notion that they should prioritize now <laughs> as the playing time for Yang, with five games that to go, doesn't make sense to me the idea as a whole yeah but you don't plug in a backup to see what you have for next year when you're the Chiefs battling for the number one seed if you were gonna say hey we're gonna play him because we think he's just better right now he can then we're having a different conversation He, he can help our team right now more so than Andrew Wiley? Well, then, yeah, okay. But if it's just, oh, we just need to find out what he is, Cody, for 2023. Well, I don't, you don't care you don't, you don't do that in the middle of a playoff push, no, you, in the middle of a playoff run.
2: That was my whole point about Prince Takeaway Wanuga at the time was, I think he might be better, right? So let me, you know, like, let me see him. Let me see him for a game. Let me see if he's worse. Let me see if he's better. And that's really what I was looking for at that time. Because, yeah, if it's solely for the idea of, Let's find out if Lucas Niang is a long-term answer, pass. I'd rather get a stopgap, try him in training camp, try him in the beginning of next season, and figure it out as we go along than in with five games to go in the regular season before a playoff push, putting a guy in just to find out if I maybe have something down the road. No way. Absolutely not. Especially for a guy who simply cannot get on the field. You know, we talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I think it's fair to add injury-prone to his status because he's now spent three straight seasons missing significant time. So I think that's the benchmark. You miss significant time for three straight years. You are now injury-prone. Niang falls into that same category. I know one of the years he opted out, but in the other two years he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay on the field.
1: That, that so I'm not
2: like, even if yeah. the, even if he played well for the final five games, Gold, do you think I'm just penciling in Lucas Niang, long-term answer, no questions? He's barely healthy. No way. Yeah, we, no way. Nothing, no part of playing him this year is going to convince me they're good at right or left tackle for the foreseeable future. I
1: thought we all decided before the season, we said, like, you can't ever count on him. Correct. part of your plans. If something happens where he all of a sudden is, great. But there's no, you're not making changes to your long-term outlook based on him anymore. Look, he made his decision to... To opt out, that was his decision to make. But I think if we were to look back from a pure football standpoint, that that really costs him quite a bit, man, from a, from a playing career perspective.
2: It did. Well, because he was a third-round pick who was already coming off of an injury that was scaring people. Then he, then he was hurt. Then he took a whole year off. Then he came back, and now he's hurt again. Like, there's just – I don't think there's any amount – like, even if that was your plan, like, you were a bad team. I don't think you could just – I don't think you could get enough play to know that Niang is okay. I think no matter what, you have to have, like, let's say next year they decide that Lucas Niang is their starting right tackle. That's not a crazy thought, right? They get into training camp. Um, they don't have, like, Alleg- you know, they don't have these guys wily under long-term contracts. Let's say they decide they're going to go with Niang. You better have a backup plan. Anyway, it's not a permanent solution. You're never going to know this year. And for me, like, this is the time of year. I-, I oftentimes in the middle of the year, Nick accused me of, like, oh, you always want this guy to play over another guy. And this, we get to about this time of year. I get a lot more careful over play somebody over somebody else because there is a point in the season where it yeah. is you are who you are and you're either going to win or die with the way you play football right now. Changing a right tackle right now is not going to fix your problems because Orlando Brown Jr. is still getting beat too and they're still missing Joe Tooney. Yeah, That's
1: not the solution. Yeah, it's the, the, the long-term problem exists there, but you, you don't mess with that when you're in the middle of a chance. You have a chance to win a Super Bowl this season. You're not trying to figure out – 2023 on the field. Now, Brett Veach in the front office, yeah. Sure, they can worry about it, but they can just watch them in practice. They're already planning for the offseason. They already are targeting in their mind guys for free agency, who they think they can bring back, what the draft outlook looks like, potentially for offensive linemen. Yeah, that's stuff that they worry about already. But on the field for this year, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. I'm not worried as, as a coach. I'm not saying that. Oh, we got we got to play Niang to find out for next year. No, if Niang can help me win games this year, then yeah, then he should be starting over Wiley. I think the answer to that is no. He's not the better option right now. And Andrew Wiley, to his credit, again, if you look at what he's getting paid, he's not making starting right tackle money. He's he's given them far more than they ever could have hoped over the last couple of years. We talked about this versus Orlando what, Brown Jr. Yeah. I mean,
2: they're essentially the same level of effective, but one guy makes nothing. So if you're getting average play, right, then that's pretty much what they're getting at right tackle, average yeah, play. Yeah. If you're getting average pay for peanuts, I don't care. That's why I'm not nearly as critical about Andrew Wiley's job sure. as I'm at Orlando Brown Jr.'s. One guy costs a first-round pick and costs a ton of money. The other guy gets paid barely nothing, and they perform to a similar level. That makes me way more frustrated by Orlando Brown Jr.'s performance, and they're never replacing him. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> right. Like, just because they pull in Niang and they're like, wow, this works – they're not going to find out if Wiley can play left tackle or Prince can play left tackle or he can play or Niang can you know, like it's never going to go as high up as you want. Their solutions are not solved by one switch at right tackle.
1: They just aren't up next. We'll get to the random question of the day. And the one thing the Chiefs might actually be able to do on Sunday next. Back here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Stewart with you. We'll head out to Arrowhead and hear from Andy Reid coming up in about 30 minutes. Also in the 1 o'clock hour, what's your fantasy? And we'll wrap things up with our NFL predictions for the weekend, including final thoughts on the Chiefs and the Broncos. And I think one of the questions going into the game is not whether or not the, the Chiefs are going to win, but how effective will they be in terms of moving the football against the Broncos to whether or not this is close or not. We know the spread for the game is 9.5. Broncos have the number one defense in multiple categories in all the National Football League. Their defense gets zero help from their offense. And I, I go back to a couple weeks ago, while nobody's scoring over 24 points against the Denver Broncos defense, and I think the Chiefs could get by with scoring 24 and be just fine and win this football game. They gave up 23 to the Carolina Panthers. And that's not me telling you that the Broncos defense is not any good. That's not what I'm trying to say. But the notion that, well, even with even though it's Patrick Mahomes, that the Broncos are gonna hold the Chiefs to 17 points, I just don't buy it one bit. Don't buy it one bit. I think it's more likely like lowest point total scenario, it's uh, nineteen or excuse me, it's twenty one to, to fourteen or something like that. I I think the Chiefs get to twenty points and it's it's a win. Twenty wins you the football game. I mean that would they've only scored more than twenty twice this year. That's, well, um, that's why. So that's the number. I, that's why I gave you the number. So 20,
2: 20 does feel like a instant win for Kansas City. I don't disagree with that. I know it's easy to be like, well, look at that one team who actually managed to score on them, right?
1: Like a bad team too.
2: Why? Well, I, and I understand that. Um, and, and you know the Raiders dropped thirty on them earlier in the year. The only time they really had anybody score on them. But they have other good offenses struggle against them. San Francisco, when they were fully healthy, only, a man, a, a, you know, managed to get 11 points. And Baltimore, now Baltimore last week was injured. But I think that other teams have proven how difficult it is to score in Denver. I think we should anticipate a low-scoring game, which is weird because I went ahead and added up because Binkley pointed out early to me, and I, and I know that it's true. So far this season, the Chiefs have played three of the top five scoring defenses in the NFL, currently rated scoring defenses. So we're taking in the whole season, in fact, not when they faced them, as they currently sit with a huge sample size of the season already in play. So likely the teams that will finish in the top five scoring defenses. They have, on average against those teams, scored 35 (laughs) points per game, which is bonkers. Now that is aided by the fact that they dropped 40 against two of them. 40 against – they dropped more than 40 against the Bucs and more than 40 against the 49ers, both of which are top two, top five scoring defenses in the NFL. But I don't see them getting to 40 because I just feel like Denver – Denver knows they have to play in the grindiest, hideous, nonsensical, ugly football games to even give themselves a chance, and their defense plays that way.
1: Yeah, it's not the type of game – Game script to get to 40. Like, yeah, yeah, like the 49ers doesn't... know
2: they can win and score. At the time they played the Bucs, they probably thought they could score and win. They scored 31 in that game. Actually, I might have been the best offensive performance for the Bucs the entire year. But they, like, they, those teams actually think they can still beat you even if they give up 20 points to you. The Broncos defense has to play, as in the, the same thing you said. If we give up 20 points, we lose. And they play that way. They play that hard all the time for them. For whatever they're bad at, they play the staunchest just, defense considering how little help they get offensively
1: so then what's fair for the chiefs defense in this game what, what, what do you think if they, give because a, if they give them more than 20 that's embarrassing the team total just over at the books is 17 and a half and i would lean under i know the chiefs defense we've gone over it, the struggles they have had but because of how poor the broncos offense is i i think the chiefs can hold them under 17 points i really do i if almost they, unless, every other if, game unless, is almost if, impossible to unless, say that
2: about, but this one is.
1: Unless you believe the Chiefs have another special teams muff punt that sets up a 10 yard field uh, for the Broncos offense and they can steal possession in that regard. Um, if the Chiefs don't give them the football through special teams mistakes, um, I, I don't know if the Broncos score more than 17. And if they do, I would like to think that that means the Chiefs are in the 30s and it's just a random garbage-time touchdown. And the game's 34-10, and then they get a touchdown late to make it. I know. It
2: I think to this point maybe the Buccaneers game is the game that stands out as being the single most impressive performance for the Chiefs this season offensively. If they score
1: 30-33 against the Broncos, wouldn't this surpla- surpass that? Considering the defense they're going up against? Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be an, it would be an impressive. The, the, the thing is, they're going to get so many possessions, though. And this game, that was the one issue against Cincinnati. Is Cincinnati did a great job of long, sustained drives, and this game feels like you're going to get plenty of opportunities if you're Patrick Mahomes to possess the football. Denver's offense, how many they times punt more than any other team y- in football? Yeah, like how often do you think Denver's going to have long, ten-plus play drives, six and a half Never. minutes? Right, maybe if they're lucky, they get one or so of those in this game. That means you're going to get plenty of possessions if you're Patrick Mahomes. And as good as the Broncos' defense is, I understand that. But if Mahomes is getting the amount of possessions that I think he'll end up getting in this game, that, that's why they still will have a chance to get above the 24-point threshold that Denver doesn't really give up.
2: Look, I would think 24 points, honestly, would feel like a good offensive performance to me. Again, if they, if they manage to do this again, if they, if they score 30 again, then I guess we should just kill the conversation of they're getting ready to face a top defense. Are they going to be able to score? That should kill it officially because that means they would have been averaging because right now they're averaging 35 points a game. Even if they score 30, they're averaging 32, 33 points per game in against a top five scoring defense this year, which means more than about doubling or close to doubling what those teams give up on average. And you have to think about the fact that they're hurting all those teams. San Francisco and Tampa Bay. Our top five scoring defenses, despite giving up 41 and 44 to the Chiefs. So against everyone else in the league, they give up a reasonable amount of points. And against the Chiefs, they let people drop 40 on them. And we know in that Bills game, the Chiefs could have scored more. They lost some opportunities down in the red zone. They moved the ball. It wasn't a move the ball issue against Buffalo, was it? Not the entire game. That wasn't the issue. It was capitalizing when they were in important moments. That was the problem against Buffalo. It's not that they just never had any long, sustained drives, never moved the ball. That's been the same case against every elite defense. I don't know why I feel differently about this one, knowing what I know about those, but it just feels like 24 would be a big win offensively. I just have a hard time most of the time imagining that Denver can come anywhere close to scoring the amount of points needed to win this game.
1: And that's been the case for for quite some time. So with the Broncos, even going back pre-Russell Wilson, no team's games have gone under what the Vegas total is set at than the Denver Broncos, 80% of their games since the start of last season go under the total. So whether it's 42 and a half, 51, how's Vegas not adjusted to that? That's under. a wild. Well, they happen. have, they have lowered the number to just look last have you week. you been betting last that last week. That feels like the sweetest trend four, to bet every week. Not, not the full 11 and one. I wish the last five weeks I've been on it because we picked up on that trend on the betting show that I do for Beck UL, but like, I'm betting it again this weekend, the under, even with the Chiefs. And look, it, it doesn't mean you're always going to win it, but I'm going to be on it based off of what this Broncos team hasn't been able to do offensively and what their defense is. So, yeah, it's not a guarantee that the Chiefs don't score enough points, Cody, to push this total over. But if you think about it at 43-and-a-half from a point perspective, what do you think it takes to get over 43-and-a-half? Like, I don't think it's going to be a 24-20 game. So it means you probably think to go over 43-and-a-half, you probably need the Chiefs to score 28 or 30. Uh, Yeah. You, yeah. you know, like, I need to drop 30, probably. And that's, you know, because what? Denver's going to score and 10? And Denver's only
2: allowed 31 times.
1: And Denver's going to score, what, you know, 30 to 14? They've that only, gets you over.
2: They've only allowed a 300 passer once. They've only allowed 10 passing touchdowns on the season total. Hmm. So, I mean, it's just like betting unders against the Chiefs offense, knowing that, you know, the Patrick Mahomes over under of touchdowns is going to be two, two and a half. Like, it's not the weirdest play of all time. Because it's either that or you think he's just going to stick it to every single top defense in the NFL this year. Which, I mean, maybe that's the case. Betting against Patrick Mahomes is, you know, it can be dicey, certainly. But Denver's defense is actually very good. Random question. For you, Gold, for you, Nick, and over in the J-South Anto service text line, 913-586-7610. The Random Question today brought to you by the window source of Kansas City. Question today is in relation to uh, brand loyalty. Okay, I was thinking about this the other day because uh, I I wanted the question I have is what is the item or brand thing you will buy and will probably buy for the rest of life and refuse to switch? For me, it is Burt's B's original chapstick. I'm not buying any other chapstick. No other chapstick will do. I don't want that. Is the really? only kind of chapstick I want. I don't you want any other brand chapstick? or flavor. I just want this. Just the yellow Burt's piece. It's the only chapstick I'm interested in buying for the rest I mean, of my life.
1: If I'm at the line of the grocery store and there's you know, it's the chapstick sitting there, like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy whatever chapstick. So it's not, not brand
2: loyal to chapstick. Well, what's no. the item? Certain kind of milk. Cereal. Well, it well, doesn't matter. We just,
1: yeah, I don't drink milk. We talked about that. Brand loyal. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, Personal
2: I mean, care product. That's what this yeah. mostly feels like.
1: I'm usually a Gillette guy. But that's pretty much what I roll with for the most part. But, yeah, I don't like brand loyal. It's more like for food than it is actually like household things. I mean, I've used probably the same shampoo for five years, if you want to say that. Dude, but, that's like, brand loyal. But I guess. Like, if they're
2: holding on to your dollar for five consecutive years, that quite, yeah. what's the kind?
1: Uh, it's like Same it's, scent? Same scent? Does it have a scent? I don't think it really
3: has much of a scent. It's just Dove for Men. It's just this, whatever the gold label is. I don't know. All right, so... I I have two, and they're both and they're both hygiene products. I have been using the same deodorant and the same body wash for over a decade. A decade, Nick. A decade. I don't remember the last time I ever used anything other than Degree Advanced Seventy Two Hour Protection Deodorant. Okay. And <laughs> Nivea for Men Body Wash. You are sticking with those forever. I will die before (laughs) I switch deodorant or body wash. Yeah, I'm probably on the same deodorant the last year and a half. Gotta have that
1: motion. Gotta have that motion since technology in your deodorant, man. (laughs) I think I'm probably only
2: in the same deodorant for like six months. Partially because, like, my wife, my wife is not like this. I don't feel like she's brand loyal to anything. So she'll, I'll be like, hey, we, you know, like she's gonna place a tart. Do you need anything? I'm like, yeah, can we order some shampoo? It'll be a different shampoo than the one I had before, or a different shampoo between, or a different between that. She doesn't stick to any brand. She's constantly in search of the perfect brand. Like she mm. is continuously on the lookout for something that yeah, is better than I, that. I, once I, I found something that works, I, I'm dead serious. I don't want any other chapstick other than Burt's Pizza. That's it. The, it's the only kind I want. I don't
1: that, care about any other that's kind. That's funny to me because I, I, chapstick just seems so like. I don't know, just so minor overall, or I'm like, it's not that much different, but I, I t- there yeah, is. obviously you think there is, yeah. I think there's this. St- I would say for the last year and a half, I probably, if, if you combine everything, at minimum the last year and a half, I've used the same type of deodorant uh, and brand body wash and shampoo, I would say. That's probably, yeah, I think that's fair to say.
2: Man, someone says they've used it since high school. Ten plus years. Degree deodorant, seventy two hour advance. Nick you got
1: the best. Wow. It is Should I be using this deodorant? The degree is the kind I use. Degree is
2: also the brand I use currently, but it's changed
1: wildly. Do you like the gel kind or the still the... No, yeah, no, no, no gel. No, yeah. no gel. I, the gel, I, I... I don't need wet armpits that's, all day. That's it. Yeah. You, that's the worst thing. It's like, yeah, the, like the like,
2: shirt, I'm not sweating, but yes. I can
3: feel... Yeah, I hate no. that feeling. One time,
2: my wife tried to give me like the organic-y, like aluminum-free kind, and it gave me like a rash. I'm like, never again. Get this out of this. Organic? <laughs> get this out of... Get this out of... Here. It's like charcoal or something. It's like, I don't know. I don't
1: need this. Toothpaste, I will fluctuate. I will say, like, I there's probably... Honest... I will fluctuate the toothpaste brand. I don't just use Crest. Like, I probably rotate around. My wife around really, between like, that might be something she's brand
2: loyal, but she won't always get it. She likes the Trader Joe's peppermint kind. No. But we're not always near Trader Joe's. So she buy the last time she was near one, she bought, like, eight boxes of it.
1: Yeah, someone says the gel causes chemical burns for them, too. Have to do the powder stuff. Yeah, you yeah, gotta gel, go. got to go powder. Is not as, yeah, the gel's gel's not as good.
2: Someone said and pickles. Never, never <laughs> had, no pickle compares, not eating any other. Like, I just like that there's a couple of things that you would never let go. Someone said Charmin toilet paper. Are you brand loyal to toilet paper?
1: No, just, no. it's got to be two ply. That's okay. It's got <laughs> yeah, to be It's two ply, and then honestly, no, not really. I don't you know. What do I buy the most of? Probably Charmin, but it's not like, I'm not like, oh my God, that's the kind I have to have. You do pa- willing paper to Paper towels? I bounce around with paper the, towels. Too. I think the
2: true shift is. If, if one thing was on sale versus the other, that's it. It's like you never even pay attention. You're no, like, I don't even look I don't at the, care price what the price I don't is. even
3: look at the price for body wash or deodorant. They could double it, and it wouldn't change anything for me.
2: Cars, I didn't even think about that. A lot like only of people gonna-
3: are loyal to Chevy
1: or Ford. Sure. No, that makes sense. You've only had the one car. So
2: yeah, at this Mazda. point, you are brand loyal to Mazda. Team Mazda for now. Would you buy another Mazda or do you just, I, you don't care?
3: I, I'm not 100% you're you're life committed to Mazda. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not. Because
1: bought one car yeah, when you are like, 22. Like I, it just can't get out? Yeah, like I, um, would I buy another Mazda? Sure, but I wouldn't say I'm like 100% where that has to be the brand. But I would definitely. This I, car I've, treated I've, you well. It's been great. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I I would look at that brand of car first for sure, but it's not 100% like Dead said it has to be that type of car. But, yeah, that would be one of the first types that I would look at for sure.
3: No, because because so? when we're talking about brand loyalty, it's not just about this is what I have bought. It is this is the only thing this is the only I version will of ever that thing buy. I'm,
2: I have I, in the last, I would say, six calendar years, I have not purchased a different brand of chapstick than that one. <laughs> like, that's it. That's I go back
3: one. and forth. I, I'll use regular chapstick brand and then this I'll use Burt's Bees. I do like I, I prefer Burt's Bees. But I'm not loyal. What's well, expensive? It's like four
2: bucks for just one tube. You got to make sure you don't wash it or you lose it. Got to take care of
3: those lips, man. <laughs> you, gotta, you know the other chapstick's
1: been fine. Like I don't like what what makes it. What makes you? What makes it great for you?
2: I think I just like. The, I think <laughs> like I, I, first I like the, the the like the cherry. The, the old original of, chapstick. No, lurch. no, and I don't want the flavor like that. This is like this. I want it to like if I've neglected. I want it to almost burn it. No, let's it oh, know it's working. Wow, wow. This peppermint is working. It is actively working on healing me. That's the way I think it is. But I don't like the really jelly kind. It's similar to like that with the, you know, like I don't want the Carmex
1: yeah, 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 texture. Yeah. It's no good. I, I, don't, yes. I don't. I don't.
2: want that texture. It's not. It's not right. Someone says Asics running shoes. I bought them for fifteen plus years. I've never owned a single Must pair. Be of really Asics. good running shoes. I'm not even brand loyal to that. Like I don't only buy Nike. Or Reebok, probably, or Adidas, or Puma. I just year, buy whatever.
1: I would say over the years, probably more Adidas stuff. But I think about more I Nike, still, but... like I'm wearing Nike shoes today, and then I have Adidas shoes, so I don't. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth on the Adidas versus Nike, but overall, probably a little more on the the Adidas side.
2: Okay, that's my random question of the day. I
1: like it? Good question. It's a good, what, one, what, man. Prom, you know, what prompt Thanks, that? guys.
2: It's the best one you've had in a long time. I was thinking about it when I was using my chapstick. I'm like, you know what? I'm never changing chapsticks. <laughs> this is it for life. <laughs> just... I'm 38 years old, and I'm committed to this chapstick for the rest of time
3: something else. Do we know we here? invented chapstick. Like, was there somebody? How, when did someone realize? You know what? We need some chapstick. I'm assuming it, somebody, like in the Vaseline company, like sp- is that what people were back. using I'm before, uh, before chapstick?
2: Probably just w- rubbing like whale blubber.
3: Like the old Romans.
2: The chapstick brand was created in the 1890s.
1: So even that's still eighteen ninety. Wow, Doctor
3: Fleet. You could <laughs> thank Doctor Fleet, man. Oh, I do? use the same... I Actually, you know what? I also have only used the same type of face wash for, like, five years.
2: That's a pretty good run of face yeah. wash. hmm I feel like after a while, it feels like it's not, like, you have, like, one
3: break and you're like, get out of here.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: you're trashed to me now. You're dead to me. Yeah, some some soap, like, will dry you out. Yeah, and...
1: sure. Sometimes you got to change in the wintertime. Sometimes you got to... Sometimes you got to more. Yeah, something a little more... Uh, Industrial. I'll move, I'll,
2: move, I'll move around on those. Uh, not not consistent uh, on that.
1: Coming up in 10 minutes, we'll head out to Arrowhead. We'll hear from Andy Reid. I'm sure someone will ask him about the chapstick. His uh, brand loyalty. And brand loyalty. I'm sure Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider, will be right on that. Coming up at 1 o'clock. Last night was wild, though, in the NFL. I mean, think about not only the fun of making fun of the Las Vegas Raiders, even if it did cost me a chance at Survivor, I need Cling to lose to the Panthers now. Seahawks to lose to the Panthers. And so the Raiders debacle and once again losing another double digit deficit game was fun. But I have to admit, seeing Baker Mayfield after 48 hours not start, then come in after two drives from Walford, and then end up coming back from down 16 to 3 with three and a half minutes to go and winning the game on a twenty three yard touchdown pass to Van Jefferson and seeing the reaction of Sean McVay for a team that of course is going nowhere in the playoff picture. That was pretty awesome. A guy that's trying to save his career that at least for one night no matter what your feeling is about Baker, like it was hard not to be excited about how that went down unless, again, you had money on the Las Vegas Raiders or something.
2: Or in Survivor like you yes. did, yes. unfortunately. So you're probably done unless the Panthers can do you the favor this weekend. One, it's enjoyable to watch the Raiders lose. You have openly said multiple times that that is the team yeah. you hated the most Definitely. growing up. Definitely. So watching them for the fourth time this year, Lose a 16 or more point lead after halftime and blow a game. Oh, my God. It's like if you just won three out of those four, which, by the way, you're supposed to do. This is the first team to lose four games of such since 1930. That comeback, that ups, that uh, down 13 or more points in the final three-and-a-half-minute comeback that has happened now twice in the last week, you realize that that's only the fourth time in NFL history a comeback like that has occurred? So the one Brady just did, and the one Baker just did, is only the fourth time in NFL history to have occurred. So that in its own right was a rare sight, let alone how many times the Raiders have blown it. You know what it means? It means they're poorly coached, man. And Baker is the best quarterback when his back's up against the wall. No one plays better. I think it was shared in the group chat, which I've seen before. But it's just the Baker cycle is truly fascinating. It is play awful, continue to play awful, when everybody thinks you're going to get fired or your back your backs against the wall, play the greatest game of your life, then play terrible again, get benched, and do it again. It's It, it doesn't make any sense. But when he has nothing left to live for, right? It's just like hey, 16 no, three, And he had no pressure. I mean, nothing he, he showed up 48 hours before. Nobody was expecting him to do something. To finish that game on a 98-yard touchdown drive to beat the Raiders again was a... Uh, amazing to watch.
1: He does have an opportunity. I mean, I, I know it's, it's one Doesn't game. Really know. So I, mean, I don't know
2: if are going to start him.
1: It's one game, and so I'm very cautious on saying that, oh my gosh, it's just going to be perfect now for him in, in L.A. with the Rams. Um, but he does have a great opportunity. I mean, if, if he can impress the final four games now that the Rams have left, uh, now having some more time to prep with that team and a good coaching staff, whether it's in L.A. or not, he does have a chance to still keep his starting quarterback career alive. I mean, that that is something that I, I think at least to get happen.
2: in a like a quarterback competition in a training camp or something.
1: He could also still... let It would it surprise any of you, though, that after how awesome last night was, though, if he just looks terrible, though, the rest of the season, that also no, that is very look terrible the rest what, of this season. We've, what, seen that. We've seen that a time or two. But that's what I'm saying. It's it didn't so even like, look good he, in that game for a majority but, of it. But that's why I would be very cautious about just saying because of last night that, oh, my gosh, it's going to be just perfect for him. It. I don't...
2: He is such a weird... Like and he you know what he you know what he does? In addition to that, he like drives people crazy. Like Rob came in here early and he's like, Nobody in the NFL gets more attention after one game than this guy. And you're like, he's an interesting figure because he doesn't make sense. He's been the starting quarterback of a bunch of different franchises now. He seems to have the confidence and swagger you would normally associate with top end quarterback play, but plays miserable most of the time. And people kind of get lured back in because of where he was drafted in the draft, into giving him another crack.
1: No, you get, you get. We know that. That's just how this works. First round picks in any sport, you're gonna get every opportunity possible. Like that's that's just how that works. They're
2: Just gonna keep giving you a chance. And that's all it was in that game last night. I can't believe by now this Raiders game for week 18 means so much less. They're not gonna be playing for anything.
1: You yes, realize that? No, right? it's a good development. They're done. If the Chiefs it's not need playing that, for anything, Chiefs need that game for the one c most likely. Uh, and now you're going to have a team that won't have anything to play for. How
2: so poorly coached you have to be to lose to Baker Mayfield showing up 48 hours before and Jeff Saturday in the same six week timeframe? Well, last
1: week, last night was worse. That was that. This was worse than losing last to night, Jeff Saturday rolling Last, last into the night Was worse than losing to Jeff Saturday. You had the Rams shut down with nothing going for them whatsoever, and a couple decisions, also mental mistakes by your football team late on the personal foul penalty and an offside on a punt. Poor coaching all the way around. That was worse than, yes, losing to Jeff Saturday. Baker Mayfield was there for 48 hours, as you've laid out multiple times. No Cooper Cup, all kinds of issues, and you just had them. Again, You're up by 13 with three and a half minutes to go. How do you lose a football that one. game? They should have. They absolutely should have. Really and
2: then the punter was doing the gritty after he pinned him down to the two-yard line. And they still went down and scored with not a single timeout, like a minute and a half to play, and kept doing penalties. It's just, it was everything. It was everything I wanted it to
1: be. Coming up next, we're going to head out to Arrowhead. You'll hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and somebody that we should expect a little bit more of, maybe starting on Sunday. There's Kelsey, to the end zone. Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gann Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance.
0: Gann Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 11:30 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.